This is a rebroadcast of BK on the Air. If you hear a telephone number, please don't call, as you will become one with the dark side of the Force. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. Stand by to receive our transmission. Yes, it's that time again. It's that time where the guy walks in and turns on the microphone, props the chair up against the radio station so nobody can get in here to kick me off, to dispense retro, geek, fun, monkey business, talk radio here every Saturday from 10 a.m. till noon Eastern. It's me, BK on the air. How you doing out there? I want to remind everybody that you can hear me also on the uh, on the podcast, too, on Spotify and on Anchor, YouTube, and SoundCloud, by the way. If you ever missed the show, I do put them up there and offer it as a podcast. And it's got bionics. <laughs> Or Transformers. One it's got the that. Other. <laughs> I guess Transformers. Does could it have be... the uh, rejected Omicron bot? <laughs> I, guess, I guess the. Uh, <laughs> hey, well, hey, it's funny you should say that because like we we always kind of joked a little bit about the uh, the current. What's the what's the COVID variant? It's called the Omicron. Omicron, yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, wait, Omicron was Omicron. a name of a of a, sis, a star system in Star Trek. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, oh, it's, it's Omicron, it was blah, a, blah blah blah. Wasn't it the? There was a story, wasn't and, it the Omicron uh, variant or something well, in Star Trek? There was there was a there was a place where they went. Uh, you just rewatched the series not too long ago, mm-hmm. and the first season they had a, a, sh- a show called. Um, it was an episode called This Side of Paradise, and they and it was a Omicron. The planet was called Omicron something where they beamed down and uh, this, the colony got were being shot by these plant spores. Right. And it would infect them in a great way because it would make them feel euphoric without a problem and a care in the world and no one would do any work and things like that. And it was just great. Well, that was the name of the planet was Omicron, Omicron Alpha or something like that. I'm sure people infected that, by I'm a Star outside Trek, spores. I'm hmm. a Star Trek <laughs> fan, but I know that other people know every planet name that there are on there. Well, Wait, wait, wait until the new variant of, of COVID comes out next year. We're going to get hit by the new SETI Alpha 5 variant. <laughs> this is SETI Alpha 5! Which actually actually enters your body through your ear. <laughs> that's how the virus gets in. It gets into oh, the ear. That's and all it's really bad. And then the year after that, we'll have the Alderaan variant, right. which uh, everything will just blow up. So <laughs> it's just terrible. <laughs> Oh, it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Like I said last week or a couple of weeks ago, I said, uh, I, I as far as panics and stuff like that, I try to be reasonable and I just go, I refuse to, uh, I just refuse, as I get older, I refuse to uh, participate in foolishness and panic and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a different thing to be re, to be careful and, and do what you, you know, and, and, you know, wash your hands and things like that and try to try to be safe. But when you panic, what happens when you panic, no matter what it is? I mean, I've seen... I've seen the airport in the airplane movies. I've seen the Poseidon Venture. <laughs> I've seen all these movies where you have the one person that's panicking and panicking and panicking. And what did they do in those movies? Well, back in the 70s, if you panicked in the film, you got a slap. You <laughs> You're like, wake up. It's shock, okay. Shock Let's you focus. Reality. <laughs> Let's focus. I'm not saying slap people, but uh, sometimes I want now. to. But uh, but you have to you have to calm down and don't panic and stuff. And even that. Unless there's there's a certain thing in a in a uh, buffet where I'm eating and they're getting low and run out of something I want, that's when you panic. <laughs> that's when I panic. If I'm in a barbecue place, I'm like, we don't have any more barbecue pork. I'm like, what? 
no barbecue pork left. That's like a crime. Yeah, you can actually. I think you're allowed to call in Georgia nine one one for something <laughs> like you that. Are. <laughs> Not really, but yeah. Um, I think it's. I'm a big fan of the hitchhiker's guy. Don't panic and keep a bath towel. Right. You could always use a which, towel. Which, which, that's another facet of sci-fi that I've never heard the radio show. I've never seen an episode of that, and I've never saw the movie, and I, and I wasn't into that, and just didn't get into that at all. So I'm not. You should familiar read with the books. I know the. I the know the saying. So funny. I know the catchphrase. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I'm not like I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I never got into it. I never got into Doctor Who. Uh, there are there are some sci-fi, and I'm a big sci-fi fan, but I've never gotten into those for some reason. And yeah, I Doctor Who is definitely different than <laughs> Hitchhikers. Hey, I can't say anything bad about Doctor Who. I mean, uh, why 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 would I anyway? But because it's got one of the biggest, most loyal fan bases and longtime oh. fan bases of all time. Whovians I mean, at cons and conventions. And, there's so many groups, and I think I think it's probably one of the oldest and longest running sci-fi series in existence. When you think it started, yeah. what in the in the early 70s? 60s? Early was it, 60s was it 60s when it started. When Yes. Wow. I know. On, in, BBC, in England. Yeah. Black and white. I remember the older, earlier episodes yeah. were black and white. And technically, it's there's yep. new doctors. They inhabit a new body. Sort of like Quantum right. Leap. Um, I, I remember my wife was into it when it was uh, newer. Like when they right. were it got a lot of new it. fans when it looked better. Yeah. That's um, what I heard. And, um, oh, crap. What's the actor's name that was uh, the Barty Crouch Jr.? Oh, uh, David Tennant. David Tennant. Yeah. When he was the doctor, right. I loved Every single episode. Oh, so you I, watched I, it? Okay. I, and and it, it's like a soap opera. You don't yeah. have to have watched it all. You can just you start can kind of start watching right. it because they're self-contained, yeah. and eventually start figuring out. Oh, okay. Here's a plot thread that I don't know why it's ending, right. but here's a new plot thread starting. So, isn't it fun that there are some shows like that that you can treat like that and start just start watching it and go, oh, okay, I, I kind of know what's going on. And some some shows like Game of Thrones, if you just kind of start watching you, it, you somebody like, start I have no middle. idea what's going on. You can start two in the different middle. kind of shows. Yeah, no, we actually, my wife and I, we got for Christmas last year, but we didn't play it until this year. We got the Game of Thrones, like the official HBO produced Game of Thrones trivia game. Oh, wow. We See, had I a wouldn't blast. do very well at no, that. No, you know what? I thought I was, I was like, I don't remember. I mean, I like the show, the but yeah, I don't remember a lot of it either. Yeah. Thankfully, every trivia question was multiple guess. You had a th- one in three chance oh, good. Of, getting okay, good. It, of getting it right. I, I do better at multiple choice. Yeah. But sometimes you could like use process of elimination, say, okay, like one of them was a picture card. Who is this guy? I was like, I have no clue who right. this guy is. But when they said something like uh, the uh, you know the mountain, I'm like, well, I know yeah. it's not the mountain, so I can eliminate right, him. Right, now I've got a 50-50 right. chance of getting this right. So and that the, helped. And then if if you're stuck on multiple choice answers, as you and I both know, we can use the Gomer Pyle method. <laughs> Gomer Pyle. A, B, or C, and you got your three fingers, and you smack them on the table. The Whichever one that shakes one hurts the, most. the most. Yeah, it's like, oh, B, my, my middle finger hurt the worst. That's B. Yeah. Okay, I'll choose that. So, And Gomer did it and, and passed his test. He passed an officer's <laughs> exam, yeah. and his sergeant screwed up because he was distracted by Gomer hitting his right. hand so, on the behind the desk. Yeah, so that's that's funny. So, uh, And I want to let you know, by, by the way, we, we, we've... Uh, uh. My both my both Mrs. BK and I's life were saved over the past two days. And uh, you find Jesus? No, 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 (laughs) not not now. But uh, (laughs) long time ago. But I've (laughs) we're we're currently babysitting. We're dog sitting our uh, her daughter's dog because when she takes trips and stuff, you know what's cool is we've got. We're built in dog sitters because we love dogs. And if we have someone that knows a dog that likes us and likes our dog, 
We'll babysit them or dog sit them. Well, we've got two of them. Well, just wanted you to know that so far this week, Stacy and I have been saved from a FedEx delivery man, <laughs> three chipmunks, a squirrel, and one really mean, shifty-eyed-looking possum Ooh. that was in the backyard. So, and after we were saved, and we say, good job, way to go, because I always want to encourage them to bark, let me know what's going on. They, they, they walk away from the from the window and sit on the dog bed like, huh, I did it. I saved my people. Now I'll just lay down and just look really confident. And that's exactly what they do. And I think it's hilarious. So Bring I'm still here thanks to them. There you go. <laughs> thank you. Know. Well, thank you for saving BK. <laughs> Both of them. That's right. Yours get, you get saved too, right? And now these messages. You can crush, crush them, a Clyde's car crusher. You can mold a car or truck, decorate it, give it wheels, and crush it. It's a wreck. Go to Clyde's. The traveling train takes it to the crusher. You turn the crank and crush it. Clyde's car crusher. It's fun to build them. Yeah, and it's fun to crush them. Clyde's car crusher. Clyde's car crusher. Assembly required. Comes as you see it. Including iron on patch. New from Remco. Roger, kids. He wants my wheat cereal that's part of this nutritious breakfast. Super Sugar Crisp! Going somewhere, Wheat Free? Yeah, Sugar Bear. Gonna scoop up your Super Sugar Crisp in my rocket scooper. Yeah. Springtime. <laughs> Looks like I've got my Super Sugar Crisp. And you're all washed up. I've fallen. And I can't get up. We're sending help immediately, Mrs. Fletcher. Greetings, fellow Classic TV fans. Ripcord was an action-adventure series that ran from 1961 to 63 for a total of 76 episodes. The show's main two stars were played by Larry Pinnell and Ken Curtis, who later went on to play the iconic Festus on Gunsmoke. As a skydiving team, they would jump into weekly adventures such as chasing bad guys or performing dangerous rescues. In the lead role of Ted McKeever, actor Larry Pinnell became a familiar face in films and television throughout the 60s and 70s. But perhaps he's best remembered on the Beverly Hillbillies as Ellie Mae's love interest, Dash Riprock. It turns out Pinnell had talent in other fields as well. Baseball fields, that is. He played on a full sports scholarship at USC, and before he even graduated, Larry moved up to the pros playing for the Braves minor league team. Setting an RBI record and hitting 18 home runs during his first season, Pinnell spent seven seasons on the Evansville Braves. After serving in the Korean War, his contract got picked up by the Brooklyn Dodgers. But instead of showing up for spring training in New York, Larry headed to L.A. to pursue acting. This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the golden rage of TV. And now back to BK on the air. You know, I, I know that we, um, we'd like to talk about 1981 last year because it was 2021, which made it four years ago. And this year, 2022, we'll talk about 1982. Well, there's a little 1982. What was number one on the charts? Sounds like ONJ. It is ONJ. Physical. Back Remember when that I video when she was wearing yeah. her uh, yeah. leg warmers and had the buff guys all around her? Well, not all what of them were buff. What a cheesy video. But it well, was <laughs> great. Well, the, one, the one guy was me. 
at the place. Right. That's how it looked. Be getting some physical if you have to shovel your driveway in the next couple well, of days. Well, <laughs> that, that, that could be. But she's, she's uh, I, that was back in the day where I heard that song. And I'm like, oh, it's a song about going to work out and be in shape. That's cool. Later on, as I got older and really listened to the lyrics, I'm like, that's really not what it's about at no, all. No, the video helped sell it a completely different way. <laughs> it sure did. So even though they were at the gym mm-hmm. working out. So, Certainly yeah. introduced us to that term, double entendre. <laughs> And the one guy in the video, you're talking about the people in the video, the one guy in the video, if you ever watch it again, or go back and watch it on YouTube, you can see it, the video to physical. There's one guy with just the the biggest, fluffiest red hair with the handlebar mustache, and, <laughs> and I'm, just, I'm just like, oh my goodness, whoever thought that that looked good at all. I just I just don't get it. I do want to talk about this story. I've got some, I've got a lot of, I do actually have a lot of things to talk about today, and I want to try to get to every one of them. I'm really, I'm getting better at that, about teasing stuff and wanted to talk about but at least just know that if i talk if i tease anything coming up on the show and i run out of time and don't get to it because you know two hours here isn't two hours with the commercials and stuff i know it doesn't mean anything on the podcast but with commercials and stuff that we have it's not really two hours it's less than two so i will put it up on facebook and twitter any articles that i talk about i'll link them to the social media so you can see it uh this is from uh walt disney world did you hear that epcot's guardians coaster officially began early ride testing Mm. recently. Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is a highly anticipated coaster coming to Epcot in the summer of 2022. Hey, it's 2022. It's right around the corner. As construction continues on the soon-to-be attraction, select few are getting the chance to ride Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind early, including the president of Walt Disney World. Guests have been anxiously awaiting the day Epcot debuts the brand-new Guardians Guardian-themed coaster, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. That's a kind of a cool name. And some lucky fans, including the Walt Disney World Resort president, got an early test ride not too long ago on the upcoming coaster. Jeff Vale, the president of Walt Disney World, took to Instagram to share the exciting news, even stating that it was, he used the word, awesome. He wrote, after getting an update on the latest progress and an early test ride on Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, I have three words. It is awesome well, i don't know what the other two words are no I it guess. is awesome oh okay well, i guess that's true i thought he meant awesome in two other you're, words but you're, you're welcome i didn't get it sorry <laughs> dumbass you had your coffee i didn't have mine. right thank you for the teams at walt disney imagineering and walt disney world who are bringing this amazing attraction to life i'm looking forward to seeing the finishing touches over the next month and can't wait for you to get a look when it at when it opens at epcot this summer as a part of the park's transformation so there's yet another disney thing bringing marvel into uh some of their isn't it wild though that they've got it at epcot yeah it is wild when it initially opened was about like sort of celebrating mankind tour of nations i said you could kind of visit the world you would have things like the dinosaur ride was about how we got to the fuel that lives underneath our feet and but then all of a sudden they added Mission to Mars as one of the rides over there. I was like, yeah. oh, well, that's not exactly Epcot, but okay, the human, right, humankind yeah. looking it's to explore. explore yeah. Now we're going full-on Disney Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> well, the theory, my theory is they're, they're trying to attract more kids, kid-friendly or a little more excitement to that. because. And I'm like, I don't think, and I would think that they would need that because you have that at the park right over there. This is different. Why not just leave this this way and do this that way? I'm sure it's marketing, and plus it's you know they got look at a hold of Marvel now. Mm-hmm. So now I think guess this is separate because I think in Hollywood Universal not Universal uh, di- wow they almost got a, a sue almost yeah, got sued we almost uh, had our actually station yeah, shut down that's right <laughs> Disneyland in um, in Anaheim California 
uh, which I've never been to. We've been by it, but I didn't, I've never been out there. It's you, And you'd be surprised when you drive by Disneyland in Anaheim just how small it is. Compared to Disney World? So like, oh, it yeah. looks kind of Six Flags-ish. Compared to Disney World? But yeah. when you're looking, when you're out there, I think they already replaced the Tower of Terror Twilight Zone ride with the Guardians of the Galaxy ride out there. Now, it's not this. This is a coaster. This is a different type of ride. So I guess they're going to debut this Guardians of the Galaxy ride at Epcot in Orlando at Disney World. And I don't know if they're going to replace the Tower of Terror at Disney World in Florida with Guardians of the Galaxy. They may, they may already have. I haven't really checked up on that. So if that's true, they'll have two Guardians of the Galaxy rides, one in each park. Hmm. So I think that's interesting. I can't see. Usually if they do it at one park, they change it at every park. It'll just eventually get around to the other parks. Because now they're in the process, I think, of making the Jurassic Park ride in Orlando. They're transforming it into the Jurassic World ride. They're updating the entire thing with Chris Pratt and everything and more dinosaurs and a much more exciting ride and updating the effects and everything. <laughs> and they've already done that. Again, Universal. <laughs> Universal has updated Jurassic World in, in California at Hollywood at their park, but not at the not at the they're in the process of doing it now at, at Orlando. I'm I'm trying to keep them all separate in my head. It's just yeah, they were just You're not the, doing a very they'll good never job. do this. Just open the gates and just merge them all together, and make it one gigantic. No, don't do that because they'll charge us more. <laughs> don't do right. that. So because they're already making it. Have you priced what it is to go to Disney World now in Florida for maybe no. a family of five for like any length of time. And sure, you can go for one day, but you're not going to get to ride much anything. Right. It's not a one-day thing. It's you, just astronomical now. I don't th- see how anyone with a family of five or more can even afford to do it unless they're doing very well <laughs> you know, right. or can afford it. So it's pretty expensive. Universal is always more. I'm looking forward to that coupon day. <laughs> what, we'll have a, a coupon day or something. Universal's a little more affordable, but to me, it's a it's a great park and it's my favorite park. But uh, but yeah, they're updating the rides. I'm looking uh, I'm looking forward to all of that. I'm a theme park guy. I mean, you you drop me off at at any of them that are that are big, especially Universal, and I'm like, okay, I'm flying high for two or three days. This is great. I love all of the and we do everything there. I don't just hit the roller coasters and the thrill rides. We even go. There's places in the park to um, to cool off and, and, and settle down, especially when it's hot. You go to Orlando in the mm-hmm. middle of the summer, which we try not to do. We wait till September or something to try to do that or even February. But if it's really hot and universal and you're walking around like, oh, man, it's so hot, humid, so high, let's go to Dr. Seuss land. So you can go to Dr. Seuss land and ride things that are that are fun. Mm-hmm. based on Seuss, but most of them are inside and air-conditioned right. and stuff. Oh, let's go to the E.T. ride. The E.T. ride for me was the ride to get out of the heat. I mean, it's a, well, it's more of a kiddie ride, but it's really fun. So Maybe it's, this is something that adults like more, but I will even go to some of the shows. I remember the, the oh, one yeah. time I went to Universal when I was in the military, when I was in right after boot camp and we had free passes at that time to go to Universal, there was a Hitchcock show. Oh, and yeah. you could watch the, the filmmaking techniques like as an audience – it was like a presentation, like a thirty-minute sit there and watch, and then they would bring you like one of. The, and I, I'll never forget the, the how they pioneered the shower wall, how they wanted it to open for Psycho to be able to do the shot that he wanted. Oh, yeah. And then we did things like as an audience, they said, "Well, here's how we make background noise when you hear movies when they're shot in like a dining room setting or a, right. a restaurant setting." And they had like one third of the audience say things like. And then we had other people going, whoa, 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 whoa. And we literally recorded three sides of the audience. The sound engineer recorded us, played it back, and it sounded like the same thing you hear as sort of like 
noise that sounds like a restaurant, but not so distracting because right. you're not hearing actual words, but you, your brain fills it in as, oh, well, that's that's everybody else having their conversations. Right. It was really cool. Yeah. And I think in the old days of, of uh, Hollywood, I heard that the, the Foley guys would record sounds or new sounds of people just mumbling, but they were given certain phrases to just kind of say like, oh, bread and butter, bread and butter, bread and butter, and those weird noises, and then they'd mix them together. It does sound like a crowd in the background right. of people because it's a nondescript sound. You can just tell it's people, but you can't pick out what they're saying. Right. It's just a group right. of people. And so those kinds of shows, those are just as much fun to me as some of the um, rides. The special effects makeup show they have, the horror ones at Universal, those are great too. But you know what? You and I, just not only to get out of the heat, we'd want to see them anyway because it's filmmaking. It's BK on the air. We'll be back. Welcome to Walt Disney World and Ford's wonderful world of wagons. We're going to show you why Ford wagons are number one sellers across the land. Ford's Pinto Wagon with the Squire Option. Its great style and big 60 cubic foot cargo area helped make Pinto America's best-selling station wagon. And in the mid-size field, Torino Wagons are number one. Here's Grand Torino Squire. Families like its solid comfort and roominess and the convenience of Torino's three-way door gate. And here come the stars, the Ford LTD Wagon and LTD Country Squire. They keep making news with standard features like steel belted radios for long tread life and options like luxurious new interiors, dual facing rear seats, even a recreation table. And look, all these best-selling wagons run on regular gas. See the Wagon Master, your local Ford dealer. The closer you look, the better we look. Good evening. Welcome to Universal Studios, where you learn Hollywood secrets. And now you'll learn the secrets of the six million dollar man and the bionic woman on the Universal Studios tour. And now back to the guy who knows no limit on self-promotion. It's BK on the air. Oh, I try to hey, don't, don't crack me up when I'm off. <laughs> Sorry. I'm about to go back on the air because I, I get like stuff running out of my nose and it's hard to talk <laughs> on the air. I'm going to do that. Uh, but what you said that we won't say on the air. You are correct, sir. You're, yes. You're I like being right. You are absolutely correct. Beats well, it's being uh, left. <laughs> That's a Benny Hill quote. He's like, you know, nobody wants to, nobody wants to marry your daughter. She's 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 not attractive. Nobody wants nobody wants her. You know, she 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 goes. She's just playing hard to get. He goes, yeah, rid of. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she's she's right about what she talks about. She's right. She may be right. He goes, she may be left. <laughs> it's, it's a Bell Benny Hill thing. I love that. Man, did I love Benny Hill growing up. When I was a kid, I watched it for the comedy. And when I was older, I watched it for the reason my dad did. Finally, <laughs> it finally dawned on me. Oh, now I know why the other reason dad watches Benny Hill's show. I get The it. endowed comedy. That's exactly right. So it's time we flash the audience of the news, the weird, the strange, the fun, and the bizarre, and the totally true, because I double-checked them on the internet, and it's true. Well, then, okay, let's go. I got the first news. 100%. Yeah. Well, according to UPI, passengers on a London underground train were shocked to come face-to-face with an unusual strap hanger. A strap hanger. Hanging on a strap on the thing. Uh, I guess uh, people like, uh, oh, that's what that means. The the handrails, the things that you hang on to. A guy in a gorilla costume. No. 
No, uh, but it was animal related. Did it have? Let's play some questions. Long hair. Uh, this particular one probably. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It can't be a dog because they can't reach the. Straps. No, it wasn't a dog. So what? What? What was a it? A tarantula. It was a arachnid. Ooh. Oh wow! But, you know they're hairy. They got. Fuzzy. They do have hair. They're fuzzy. Yeah. And hair is from a tarantula it can uh, irritate your skin. It really can. Yeah, when you get them on there. Well, the RSPCA said commuters spotted the tarantula in a plastic tube as a train on a train that arrived at the London Bridge station. The tarantula was handed off to station staff members who contacted the RSPCA. Animal Rescue Officer Matt Hawkins visited the station to bring the spider, identified as a pink-toed tarantula to specialists at the South Essex Wildlife Hospital. What kind of spider was that? It was the pink-toed tarantula. Oh, those are those are the nice ones, It's right? native to Central and <laughs> South America okay. and islands in the Southern Caribbean. I've never, ever heard of a pink-toed tarantula. Ironically, they're, they're commonly kept as pets because of how That's easy the they are. That's the kind it is? Okay. It's one of them. Uh, the South Essex Wildlife Hospital said the apparently abandoned tarantula will be given a new home. When it comes to pets... I'm a boring guy. I mean, when I was a kid, there was one part, you know, we all go through our, I want fish. I'd like to have some fish, Mom. You know, get the little, and not even the aquarium, you get the fish bowl, you know, where you need to, you change out the water even more often, you get the little goldfish or whatever. I went through that. And then I went through, uh, we had a couple of parakeets when I was a kid, the little tiny green ones, you know, or the blue, you know, that you can see, the the small Mm -hmm. ones. Went through that. The only other pet that I think, I mean, I had a turtle once, but he wasn't really a pet. He's just one that lived out in the backyard near the creek, and I saw him. He was the same turtle. And one day he was just gone, I know. And then, you know, I've always had dogs growing up on and off. So I'm a boring pet guy. I'm not into exotic. I don't. I never wanted a snake. I never wanted a tarantula. I never, ever wanted a um, a, a ferret. I never wanted Because I'm not a big fan. I had friends who had ferrets. And I'm not big of the ferret musk mm-hmm. that they have. And they do. They call them ferrets for a reason. They steal your stuff. They'll oh, yeah. go and ferret it away. And you're like, where's my, where's my shoe? Where's my paycheck? Where's where is everything? You know, Where's it's my missing. Watch? It's gone. So, I've just never. I've you know, to me, the perfect pet for me is and always will be a doggy. A doggy. I agree. I don't mind some of the. I don't if, mind. If I was going to no. go exotic, I wouldn't mind a wolf husky hybrid, which of course you can't well, have in certain places. Yeah. But even that's still, still a dog. dog. Yeah. Yeah, so even even when you get exotic with a pet, now and now if I got exotic with a pet, Playboy Playmate would be what I would get, but I can't have one of those now. But that's probably what I'd wanted years ago. Sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm not lying. I tell the truth. You're okay. on the show, so there are some yeah. of the cool uh, <sighs> cats that you can have in some states and not others that are sort of borderline wild cats but right. they're more like like the lynx yeah a lynx thing. mix or a sable mix I can't have any cat because i'm allergic to cats i can have one cat i could have the hairless one nope. and they're god awful ugly but they're they're cute little they're cute they're fine cats you know i just hear that they are the only one you can have if you have an allergy because they don't have any fur i guess that would work but i always asked uh, i asked my doctor once i said uh, back when i was younger i'm like i'm allergic to cats but would i be allergic to a lion or a tiger too if mm-hmm. i got around him he goes yeah he's like it's feline dander that you have a problem with i'm like okay so it doesn't matter that it's a huge cat or a big one not that i'd want one anyway i'm like yeah and it's just funny because i am really allergic to cats but for some reason dogs don't affect me at all completely i guess different dander different yep. skin different fur different 
kind of a species, mm-hmm. I guess. So never had a problem with a dog. Well, what's all. crazy with dogs, some people are allergic to the dog's saliva because dogs lick themselves much oh, like really? cats. I've never heard of it that. It can be really? the, the saliva oh, that terrible. you're allergic to. I know that dog's saliva had like a healing property thing in them if Supposedly. they lick their wounds or whatever. That's what they say. Duh. I got the next news. I'm going to share doggy. another pet thing with you. I'll let my doggy give me kisses. I, I do it too. Bother me. I don't care. From UPI, a New Zealand man who initially thought he had water trapped in his ear said the true cause of the blockage turned out to be something far more shocking. Oh, no. Zane Wedding, 40, of Uckland, said uh, he went swimming at a local pool Friday and later felt the sensation of blockage in his ear. I've done that. You know, go to the pool, you feel that you feel a little in your ear, you know, it's yeah. water in there, you just kind of kick it out or whatever. Yeah, swimmer's inside. ear. He said his ear still felt blocked the next day, so he went to see a doctor who advised him to try using a hair dryer to dry the water inside of his ear canal. Wedding said that he the, the feeling persisted, so he went to see an ear, nose, and throat specialist on that Monday. He said the doctor expressed shock immediately upon looking inside his ear. She said, quote, I think you have an insect in your ear, Wedding told the New Zealand Herald. Wedding said it took the doctor about five minutes to extract. Guess what it was? Now, she said she thought it was an insect. What do you think it might have been in his ear? And it wasn't a tarantula. I'll tell you that much right now. We'll just shoot that down since we said that. Uh, since he got it in a pool, like a fly or? A, Not a know? fly, but it was an insect. It was, it's another one of those. It was a cockroach <gasps> in his ear. Wedding said there was an instant relief when the insect came out. He said the encounter, get this, this is the last line. He said the encounter left him lingering with feelings of disgust. Yeah, that would do it. I'm feeling it now, and I didn't even have one in my ear. <laughs> I've never had anything remotely foreign in my ear, thank goodness. I've never, ever... Uh, I mean, it took me a long time as a kid, when I got older to a teenager, they're like, you need to clean your ears out with Q-tips, but you need to stick them down in there in a, in a safe a safe length of time. Of, mm-hmm. of, of, don't put it way now too far Now they say you're there. not supposed to do that. And I'm like, don't go too far, but just right there, you just clean them out or whatever. So I'm like, okay. And I've always been able to do it safely, so I'm okay. And then they have the earwax candles. You, remember, you ever heard of those? Yeah, we burn and, and in the heat lets it, lets it out or whatever. I'm yeah, like, no, I, I'm, I'm going to let my doctor okay. if, they, if I have to have something. <laughs> the they, can, they can use the little water gun that they use and yeah, kind of which is really it in there. Freaky and, at first, but once they do it, you're like, man, I'm glad they did that. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Oh, great. I'm going to let the professionals on this one. It's what? kind of my hearing. You, I, I, I want to keep it for a while. What? Yeah. See, <laughs> I've got the next news. Not the, the certain kind of candle, not just the regular one. Oh, don't use shoot, that one. I use the Yankee candle. <laughs> With the wax. Didn't do anything, but I, but I smelled like lilac. The wax and the wax dripped in your ear and sealed it up. <laughs> what? <laughs> a tortoise previously declared the world's oldest living land animal by Guinness World Records animal has been day. awarded a second title, the oldest tortoise ever. Uh, how old is this tortoise? Jonathan, a tortoise that lives on St. Helena, a British overseas territory in the Atlantic Ocean, is believed to be at least 190 years old as the animal was fully mature, at least 50 years old, when he arrived on St. Helena in 1882. Wow. They've been tracking him since 1882 and believe he was already 50 at that time. Wow. Quickly, the previous world record was Tui Malaya, or Malali, a radiated tortoise that died at the estimated age of 188 in 1965. The St. Helena government said Jonathan is blind and has lost his sense of smell, wow. but eats well when hand-fed by the veterinarian team. You know, if dogs live that long, I don't think we'd be able to take it. I would just like dogs to live a good 25 or yeah. 30 years. Could you imagine having a dog live like a tortoise and your next family members get the dog as it grows older? There you go. Longer than us. We can there. 
We'll return after these messages. Burger time, burger time, Camel Ration Burger time. Hungry time, hungry time, Camel Ration Burger time. Always an easy time, Camel Ration Burger time. Zip the pouch and pour it in a bowl time. Serve it up in just about no time. There's quite a difference between Kennel Ration Burger and the other leading brand. Many people serve the other leading burger like this. With Kennel Ration Burger, just zip and pour. And it's ready to eat. No breaking necessary. Kennel Ration Burger time, always an easy time. I'm June Lockhart, and I've served a lot of fried chicken to my family. But fried chicken can be a little greasy. That's why I'm so happy with shake and bake. You shake and bake. No frying. So your chicken comes out crispy, but not greasy like fried chicken. Mmm, you can really taste the difference. Crispy, but not greasy like fried chicken. Shake and bake. It's better than frying. Sorry, miss. I was giving myself an oil job. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here, right here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. Find us on WBHFradio.org. And we broadcast on the TuneIn app 24 hours a day. By the way, I want to remind there's a movie, uh, looks like it might be coming out on Blu-ray. Alan, this may be of interest to you, too. We're big Steven Spielberg fans. His television movie he did in 1971 called Duel, about the big tractor trailer about to run over Dennis Reaver and chasing him down. I heard from a reasonable digital source on on the internet, by the way, which I trust, that they're preparing a 4K Blu-ray release of that movie this year, and it's going to be in, I think it's both its television aspect ratio and 185 theatrical aspect ratio as well. So there may be a way to see Duel that, like, at least we never saw it here in America. We always saw it on television. So you can see it in a theatrical Aspect ratio on this new 4K Blu-ray coming out. It is, granted, it's a, it's a television movie, but Duel actually was a pretty cool movie because I saw it as a kid on television. I did watch it, and I thought it was amazing. I just got mad the whole time watching Duel because I'm like, why doesn't he just go? He just 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 go. There's no way that this giant truck can outrun him going up a hill. <laughs> Trucks always slow down when they go up a hill, but that was that would destroy the mystique of the film with no, the truck coming the, after him. The so. coolest thing about Duel is you've got the camera placement and the way right, the visual right. storytelling and it made people realize there's something special about Steven Spielberg. Yeah, and then up to then I think he and then after that I think he directed a uh, his big claim to fame later on he he did a movie well he did uh, his first big movie in the theater was called The Sugarland Express I right. think it was in 77 I think or 75 mm-hmm. but he directed an episode of Night Gallery Rod Serling's new show The Night Gallery in, mm-hmm. the, in the 70s and that was his other thing and I somebody saw well, something did, in that kid he did you know? some Columbo episodes and a couple Marcus Welby MD he yep. was doing TV stuff oh yeah somebody saw something in his work because he went on to be given the reins on Jaws in 1975. Considering <laughs> film school in L.A. said there's nothing worthwhile in you, and he never went to film How school. How many people have been so wrong about their predictions? You Lots. Know, I don't know. Uh, Jackie Gleason once said uh, he saw uh, Elvis on the on uh, in a performance or something like that, and he's like, ah, that kid will never amount to anything. That's a fad. <laughs> like, yeah, whoops. That's wrong. <laughs> the executive bringing the idea to Coke going, hey, I got a new idea called New Coke. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Some would say that it was on purpose. I've read those articles. There's a lot to go with that. They did that on on purpose. So uh, I've got one more news. This is Animal Day. I, I did focus on a lot of animals on these news flashes. Nothing from wrong UPI. with that. A California city in which thousands of crows have become a public nuisance is turning to a potential high-tech solution. 
as Dr. Evil says they're going to start using Begin laser ignition sequence. Residents of Sunnyvale said the crows uh, frequently are seen flocking over the downtown area covering sidewalks and outdoor seating areas with their, what would you think they'd cover with all those areas? Uh, guano. Yeah, along with the crows, the crow droppings, yeah. Mm-hmm. Locals also complained that the crows create a large amount of noise at night with their calls. That's got to be some <laughs> loud crows there with a problem like yeah. that. Mayor Larry Klein said this. Was that Larry Klein? Was that the guy's name on Three's Company? Was that their neighbor's name? Or was that the, or was that actor's, the actor's name? I the actor's, <laughs> I think name. Be the actor's name. Uh, that said played this, the swinger upstairs or whatever? That's right, with the big poofy hair. Said that, uh, Larry Klein said the city has tried numerous methods of driving the birds away, but none showed any long-term success. Quote, we've tried multiple things in the past. We had falcons, we've put reflectors in our trees, and nothing seemed to help. He told a local TV station, the city is preparing to start a pilot program to test green lasers to drive the crows away. Officially, officials with the Audubon Society said that they are worried about the plan. Well, if they're laser, if they're just lights, I don't think they're zapping them with the phasers. How do the from lasers Star Trek, know that it's a crow there? How do the like what? I don't I'm know. Or are they just controlling plan. it and looking? Are they sending out a team of people with green I have lasers? No idea. That's all it said. Laser. I have no idea. But I do know that in downtown Atlanta, I was working at downtown Atlanta many years ago, and I worked across the street in an office building, and there was a huge park across the street near um, Georgia State University. And the, the, the birds that would gather in that park during the day, the, the noise was you couldn't hear yourself talk if you were walking down the sidewalk, the, the noise they were making and the droppings in the park. I mean, they were thousands and thousands of birds and you could literally not sit on a bench you couldn't mm. do anything and it was a problem there so yeah. anyway i can understand that because i've heard of it and it's uh, it actually exists so it was 770-386-1450 is our number by the way i've got a story coming up in our when we do the um on this day in history later we'll hear from star wars extra they do have a um, an installment today we'll hear about the world of star wars and what's going on and a rumor about star wars i can tell you about that that i heard after the star wars channel star wars report today we'll talk about that later on today i want to talk about you'll hear on this day in history that a television show premiered on this day it's happy days i got a story about happy days coming up later after we do that to kind of tease it up a little bit about how in mid-strand, I don't know how many seasons had gone by. I'll get to the story, and we'll see the, de- the details. I did not know this about Happy Days. They were going to change the name of the show of Happy Days, like in midstream of the show, to something else. And I have gone this many years without knowing that. Really? I didn't know that. I'm like, really? You're going to change the name of the show? Just uh, willy-nilly like that? So, you, And you'll see why when I do the story. But... Alan used to do a segment on this show called The Walking Dead Report, back kind of when Walking Dead when was it mattered. hot and relevant <laughs> and stuff like that, when it mattered. You're right. I don't know if you might start that back up again. Uh, there's, a, there's a show. I saw this story, so I, th- I decided to report on it today because it is part of the genre and part of the local things that we talk about. This is from Screen Rant, Walking Dead spinoff set to film in Georgia very soon. Think next week. It's called Tales of the Walking Dead. Have you heard of that one? Nope. Tales of the Walking Dead brings zombies back to Georgia as filming for the Walking Dead spinoff starts very soon, as in next week, with its parent show ending in 2022. The upcoming anthology series will take AMC's popular undead universe in a new direction, boasting standalone stories for characters new and old. While little is known about who or what, the six-episode series will focus on previous comments uh, we'll focus on previous comments that have hinted the show will feature the less traditional 
Walking Dead stories, with the show potentially trying out new formats for the franchise, including animated episodes. The show is the latest Walking Dead spinoff to join the franchise, but certainly isn't the last with the upcoming Rick Grimes-centered movies still in the pipeline, I've heard, as well as Carol and Daryl spinoffs supposedly in the works, too. I, I hope hope that they don't, you know, it's called, it's called oversaturation. It's like, don't give you too much because people will be... You spread it too thin well, and first, it won't succeed. To you know? oversaturate, you got to have something people want to watch anyway. Is, it, is that the case with Walking Dead right now? Is that kind of where it's going? I was rabid, as you know. I mean, I never miss it. And even yeah. if we could DVR it, we still watch it. Like We, we yeah. made sure we were in front of the TV watching it as it was live. And, not you, pre- and you prepared a Walking Dead report every Saturday to and do and catch everybody up. i got to tell you, I started feeling it going downhill and then downhill. And then I just was like, I walked away and I don't miss a second of it. Well, this is reported from the Gainesville Times. That's Gainesville, Georgia, which is a suburb of Atlanta, about uh, just northeast of Atlanta. Tales of the Walking Dead Season 1 will reportedly start filming in familiar territory, bringing the undead back to the streets of Georgia and different locations. According to the report, the filming will last 53 days following a sizable $30,000 payout to use the land before the buildings are destroyed to make way for a new fire station up there. And I guess it's in Gainesville, Hall County. I guess that's where they're Mm -hmm. talking about this. A photo from the set shows a mini-mart convenience store, while the article confirms that a Mexican eatery called Two Ponchos was also spotted on site for filming. Now, it's no surprise that Tales of the Walking Dead will heavily feature the streets of Georgia, the familiar home turf of its parent series, especially as there's plenty of Walking Dead characters past and present based in the area that have more stories to tell. Of course, the anthology series could also draw on a larger Walking Dead universe and represent the cast of the show's other successful spinoffs like Fear the Walking Dead and The World Beyond, as well as their respective settings. Now, as The Walking Dead draws its last breath before it jumps the shark, with the final series airing this year, AMC's Undead Universe still, it says, has so much potential, and Tales of the Walking Dead's short-form format seems to be the best way to continue the show's enormous success. So this is going to be like just little episodes, vignettes, like like the Twilight Zone, one contained yeah. story every every time. Yeah, so like just that can a, be a tale way. within that world. Like, what's going on? What happened to this family when the zombies showed up in their property? Or what happened in this incident at right. this city where they were coming through? And uh, so I guess we shouldn't... There's not going to be maybe a regular cast, or maybe there might be reoccurring cast in one episode from the old show. Maybe. Who knows? And he's, I guess he said one of them could be an animated installment. So I'm like, Interesting. And okay. It sounds like they want to make it something episodic where you don't have to see it in any particular order because it's just an episode. And that also might mean, okay, lower budget, which is great because they don't have a lot of stars to pay, I guess, right. unless they bring one back for a cameo. And it also sounds like they're trying to do something different to reignite the, the interest yeah, in and the you know, show, you can keep it self-contained, even if you spend the same amount of money. Let's just say it's not a budget issue, right. but you don't have to worry about creating an entire franchise. You can say, I'm just going to tell one story, and if, based on ratings, <clears throat> one format or one style gets more attention than the others, then now you've got some marketing. You go, oh, well, that's what people seem to have gravitated toward. Maybe animated would work. Maybe, maybe there is a call for an anime-style adult cartoon. I don't know. I don't know that I'm interested, but, you know. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it. And they could do that because they wouldn't have to, there would be no running storyline. I guess the only running storyline in the anthology series, as they're calling it, would be the, the running storyline of there are zombies running around. you got to get away from them and, and stay alive. So, But you could that would, that would open a lot of possibilities. You could do anything then. You could just go, oh, let's see what happens here. 
mm-hmm. with characters we've never seen. How did it affect here? How did it affect there? That sounds like it could be doable. And someone could watch it and never have seen the old show. Right. Just know that it's about zombies. I might even give it a shot. Right. Because as I told you before, I tried watching The Walking Dead and I heard a lot about it. But I've told people that if it's science fiction, horror, which I'm, which I'm fans of those genres or whatever... I'm not going to like everything I see just because someone slaps something on. Oh, it's a sci-fi movie. Why don't you like it? I'm like, I just don't like it. I just didn't get into that. (laughs) Well, that may be one reason that I didn't like something. But I just couldn't get. I watched. I only think I watched like the first five episodes of The Walking Dead and just couldn't get into it. There was only one away from all that was. There was only six episodes the first year. There was something about. There's something about after a while. If you just keep watching, I guess you have to, the running gag of zombies walking around chasing people, you have to make the characters and the stories interesting because just that one premise is going to grow old after a while. It's like, okay, oh, it's another zombie. They did a great job the zombie, so. until they screwed up, I think, with the whole Negan storyline, and I think they have never recovered fully from it. So this is officially the last season they're going off the air For with the, the regular Dead, the and you're not Dead. And you still not, haven't even watched it in a while. I'd have to go I back guess. and catch the last two that I missed wow. seasons. And their numbers were falling anyway, right? Is that yeah. true? Oh, yeah. Well, more Walking Dead coming out. So if you see those signs and those people filming, you know, just know that The Walking Dead, again, is filming in Georgia. We're a big state, big city of Atlanta, filming Marvel movies here. Uh, we always look forward to all the stuff filming here because, you know, at least we're fans of the Marvel stuff, too. It's BK on there. We'll be back. I am stuck on Band-Aid, because Band-Aid's stuck on me. I am stuck on Band-Aid, because Band-Aid's stuck on me. Because they really stick to your fingers and they stick on Band-Aid knees. Remember, only Johnson & Johnson makes Band-Aid brand adhesive bandages with the unique Super Stick adhesive. Depend on the protection of America's number one bandage. I am stuck on Band-Aid, because Band-Aid's stuck on me. It wasn't easy getting this crew to try a caffeine-free cola. They didn't want to give up taste, and they didn't with new Pepsi-Free. Leave it to Pepsi to make caffeine-free cola taste this terrific. Pepsi-Free, there's regular and sugar-free with one calorie. I knew they'd like it. The taste is positively Pepsi, and it's caffeine-free. Positively Pepsi-Free. Stand by to receive our transmission. Welcome to Star Wars Extra, bringing you the latest from across the Star Wars galaxy. I'm your host, Mike Mann. Hello there. A year into the latest literary series, Star Wars The High Republic, comes the official confirmation that the Sith are most definitely alive and thriving in the High Republic. The latest issue of the Marvel Comics Star Wars series explores Luke Skywalker being guided by Master Yoda's holocron to a planet where Skywalker is eaten by a living plant. It is here where Luke communicates with imprints of Jedi who have visited in the past. One of those imprints was Elzar Man. Ooh, man, what a great last name. A Jedi from the High Republic era. Most importantly, Elzar tells Skywalker specifically the tale of Darth Bane and the Rule of Two and confirms that the Sith are undoubtedly lurking somewhere during the High Republic time period, which is 200 years before the Skywalker saga. But who are the Sith and where could they be hiding? Marvel Comics number 20 is available wherever comics are sold. It's the first time I've confronted such darkness, something ancient and sinister. Also this week, episode three of The Book of Boba Fett, Streets of New York, debuted on Disney+. Plus. In the latest installment, Lord Fett meets up with a gang of droidish kids who he then employs 
has a tragic dream to only be ripped away by an attacking Wookiee, gets a rare apology from the attack, but not by one, but by two huts, as the twins offer a rancor accompanied by his keeper, portrayed by Danny Trejo, and also finds out who his new adversary is as a new turf war is brewing. With much, much more, an additional plethora of references and appearances, this latest installment in the Robert Rodriguez hit series is yet to be another instant classic. The Book of Boba Fett's Streets of Moss Espa is currently streaming on Disney+. Plus. You are a disgrace to your armor. The Sama belonged to my father. Don't you mean your donor? And last up, this week's installment of Sources Say brings us the news of a yet-to-be-confirmed Bo-Katan series currently under development. Actress Ming-Na Wen, who currently portrays assassin Fennec Shand in The Book of Boba Fett, took to Twitter to congratulate her Mandalorian co-star Katie Sackhoff about her continued role as the Mandalorian leader. In a case of spilled the beans, the post was quickly deleted. Additionally, the hashtag show has reported that yes, a Bo-Katan series is said to be coming to Disney+. This report is noteworthy as the hashtag show has a growing track record of intel which comes to fruition. A Bo-Katan series would be absolutely amazing and would undoubtedly go in the direction of what fans saw in the finale of The Mandalorian Season 2. All fans need now is the official word from the makers. Don't spill the beans. That's all the time we have. This episode was written by Droylag Media exclusively for Star Wars Extra. Be sure to tune back in next week for all the latest and greatest in Star Wars. For Star Wars Extra, I'm Mike Mann. And now, back to BK on the air. Thank you, Mike, for that trip into a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. And at the time of our recording right now, this won't make much sense if you listen to it a year later on the podcast, but at the time of our recording, it's January of 2022. It's the new year, but we're kind of under the threat of a winter storm heading our way here in the southeast, at least. Part of the southeast will get where we broadcast from. Broadcast Central in Georgia, near Atlanta, just north of Atlanta, uh, Cartersville. We've got a... um, a threat of winter weather and uh, we you know we had a snowstorm back in 1980 when i grew up you know we've had them on and off but we Boy, had one we had one in way back yeah we had one in 1980 and yeah, some of our i'm going somewhere with this this is <laughs> okay, story okay. has a it has a moral <laughs> when you're when you're telling these little stories here's a good idea have a point it makes it so much more interesting for the listener. I'm getting to it right now, I swear. Friends of mine, we had some of the uh, Empire Strikes Back action figures. Actually, let me correct that. My friends had some of the Empire Strikes Back toys. I still had the 1978 Star Wars toys left over. So we we did get out and play with them in the snow. They had the Luke in the snow garb Hoth out there. They had a, One of my friends had a snow speeder. And a couple of my friends had a had a Tauntaun. We had two Han Solos. We're like, well, that's Han's twin brother uh, on that other Tauntaun, on the Tauntauns in the snow. Well, the only way I could play with my friends was bring Luke's X-Wing fighter and, and land Luke in the snow. Mm-hmm. But Luke, the only action figure I had was Luke in his Tatooine white gown that he had, his garb that he had on Tatooine. So it was really cold for him on Hoth when he got out of the X-Wing fighter, but we just ignored just, no, that. No, actually, so. play the opposite. Look how tough Luke is. He's yeah. like, well, are you guys well, wearing all your pillows well, and we met you. I'm walking around in a robe, and a kimono, well, and some wrappings on my what legs. What we did was we mixed a little bit of Star Trek in there because in the animated series of Star Trek, they had a, a belt they could wear. This is on the cartoon show that they could click 
and a force field would be around their entire body where they could breathe if there was no oxygen. It was just a little white outline of light around them in the animated show. They could do that on there. They couldn't do that on the old show. So I just said, well, Luke's got this little thing on him that warms him up. You know, he can get out. It's okay. It's this little belt thing that he wears. That, that, it's, it's got a, a portable it's a heater. space heater. That's right. Hey, it's science fiction. There's been worse. There's been more fantastical things than that. So we did. We had a great time. I remember that little snow episode with our with our Star Wars action you figures. You know, just on the hot. heels of me making that kind of a silly comment, there is... Uh, outdoor gear now that you charge up and actually has warming coils in so them. So it works. Look at that. I got another scientific story coming up that, that reminds you of science fiction too. I tried to call a friend of mine up in Missouri early this morning just to say hey to him, but uh, all I got from his cell phone was this. I mean, it's really cold up there, so I don't know. I think somebody might have to check on him because that was the voicemail that was on his phone. And he doesn't really, he usually talks where I can understand what he's saying. So I don't have no idea what the, what's going on there. I just know that on the radar, they're getting a lot of the blue. Blue on the radar means snow and ice. So that's what's on the Missouri, in the Missouri area right about now. And mm. he's headed down this way. So just stay safe out there. Stay warm. Don't take any chances. And, uh, be really nice, and if you see this big droid with little insect legs coming towards you, go the other way. <laughs> don't uh, don't mess with it. I thought that was actually for for what it was worth. Uh, Solo, a Star Wars story that when the when they attack, there's a train sequence in that where they're attacking this monorail thing to grab uh, what they want him and Woody Harrelson's character, and they're uh, I think it's either protected or under the protection of the Empire. And so when they attack this train in the mo- in that movie. This window opens up like on the cliff where the building is, and just a swarm of the Imperial droids come out all together. I'm like, oh, it's not just one of them; it's several of them. And I, I thought that was great. That was a very interesting design for a, for a droid. If you remember the Imperial probe droid from mm-hmm. from Empire Strikes Back, because if you look at it, you're like, that doesn't look friendly. That looks right. like it's it out lo- to hurt somebody right. or something bad. It looks like a big, like a bug, because it's got these big insect eyes on the top of it and these spindly leg things on the bottom. It just looks like something to be avoided. You look at C-3PO and like, oh, he looks nice. Right. He's inoffensive. R2-D2, oh, he's cute. No, the Imperial Probe Droid, oh, the, or the, uh, the shiny piano, black, shiny black piano droid from the Death Star that had the antennas or whatever, that one looked imposing, too. It's all in the looks. Mm. You know, if they look imposing, they probably are. So it's BK on the air. We're going to have more when we come back uh, on this day in history. We'll talk about what's going on on this day in history, January 15th. And Oreo, Oreo cookie has released a new flavor for its 110th birthday this year. And I'm going to talk about that. I had no idea that Oreo cookies were 110. We will return after these messages. Chewie, an Imperial robot is searching for the Rebel base. It's Kenner's turret and robot playset. You have to put it together. Let's check it out, Chewbacca. <laughs> Keep me covered with a laser cannon. Action figures each sold separately. You can move Han Solo with the action lever and knock out the probot. We got him, Chewie! Yay! But now they know where we are. Turret and probot playset from Kenner's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. Action figures each sold separately. Right, the toy that lets you create beautiful pictures with light. Light, light, Work with colorful pegs that glow with light. Light bulb not included. Make people, animals, things. And with refills, Bugs Bunny or Bozo the Clown. You can make lots of pretty pictures with Light Bright from Hasbro.
Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. Today is January the 15th. Let's do a little uh, a little on this day in history today. We have a few to talk about. 1873, there was a word that was trademarked by its inventor, John Wesley Hyatt. Would you like to take a stab at what word he trademarked? What year? 1873. The hotel. This, no, motel. Motel. Good guess. This is Hyatt, but that's not it. John Wesley Hyatt registered the trademark word celluloid on this day in history. A little, little important word there. Huh. I don't even think they knew what the word was before that. 1967. Isn't that the stuff that grows on your thighs when you eat too many chips? Yes, it is. <laughs> and he had a problem with that, so celluloid. he took a photo of it. And <laughs> That's celluloid, you went, moron. Then went and stayed in Hyatt, so, uh, Hyatt Hotel. <laughs> got a lot smarter. 1967, the Rolling Stones appeared on this day in history for the fifth time on the Ed Sullivan Show, reluctantly agreed to alter the lyrics of Let's Spend the Night Together. They didn't oh. like the title of that song. So, uh, they, what, they change it to let's spend the day together or time together? I can't remember what it was, but they, they had to change that. Uh, I think Jim Morrison was on the Ed Sullivan Show and was told, when you sing Like My Fire, don't say get get much higher. Right. Don't say that. Anyway. And when he and when he did it, he looked right into the camera and went, higher, like, like he emphasized it. Intentionally brought attention to <laughs> I it. I yep. thought that was crazy. Television show premiered on this day in history, January 15th in 1972. The TV drama Emergency premiered on NBC on this day. Another spinoff from Jack Webb and Dragnet and Adam 12. And Jack Webb's Mark, was it Mark 7 Productions that he had? The big My hammer at the end. My mom and dad loved Emergency. Well, I loved all the Jack Webb shows. And they were all connected. They were, a, they were a television universe even before Marvel came along. They were all together in the same universe. Yeah, Emergency was great. 1974, Happy Days began an 11-year run on ABC. I got a story about Happy Days coming up later. Uh, I think the first season of Happy Days, they used uh, they used um, Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley and the Comets as the title sequence. They didn't change it to the Happy Days song until later. It was, uh, yeah, it was a different title sequence. Today in 1975, we were talking about theme parks earlier. Space Mountain opened at Disneyland in Anaheim, California on this day in 1975. Space Mountain. Wow. Thursday. Uh, today, Hill Street Blues premiered on television in 1981, January 15th. The, one of the, That and St. Elsewhere, for me, that marked the end of unrealistic entertainment-only cop and medical shows. I think those shows really started the era of dramas being ultra realistic. Right. You know, you you, you got rid of the, uh, the 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 you know the Adam Twelve and the T.J. Hookers and stuff like that, and now you have Hill Street Blues, which is more believable kind of thing, Gritty. which kind of changed Real. television. Yeah, I do like a sense of fun on my TV when I do watch it. Another movie premiere on this day in history, forty years ago, nineteen eighty two. Filmed right here in Georgia in Atlanta. Sharky's Machine, directed by Burt Reynolds, was filmed right here in in, uh, in Georgia. And I thought it was, he directed it. I thought it was his, one of his best films because uh, he directed it kind of like of a kind of like a, a film noir cop story. It was in color. It could have been shot black and white, but he was trying to achieve that. And I thought it was great. 1987. On this day in history, we lost the Scarecrow from Wizard of Oz, Ray Bolger, American dancer, actor, and singer. He was played Grandpa Renfrew on The Partridge Family. He also played on Battlestar Galactica as well as a robot once. He died of bladder cancer at 83. Uh, today in 2016, Dan Haggerty, uh, Grizzly Adams himself, died of cancer at 73 years mm. old on this day in history. 2008, on this day in history, Messenger spacecraft performs a Mercury flyby on this day in history. And in 2020, the U.S. game show Jeopardy! Greatest of All Time Tournament won by Ken Jennings on this day in, in uh, 2020. And, uh, wow, just about a year ago. <laughs> Has it really been a year 
2021, January 15th, WandaVision premieres mm. on Disney+. Plus. Already been a year, Alan. What it is about those years that click by quicker? <laughs> As we get the fact older, that we do. keep getting older. <laughs> That's right. Birthdays today include uh, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, born in Atlanta, Georgia. He died in 1968. A Monday is MLK Day. I watched the... Um, I watched the Martin Luther King Jr. Dragnet episode the other day where there it's a whole episode of them getting ready in L.A. for a memorial for him and how, you know, riots were breaking out on the East Coast in New York and some mm. in Chicago and stuff. But it wound up uh, L.A. had very little problem with, with that. And they reflected that in the uh, in the in the Dragnet episode that I watched. Derek Meddings, British special effects technician, was born on this day. He died in 1995. Oh, wow. Derek did the effects for UFO Space 1999. Most of the Bond films he did the effects for, like the space sequences in Moonraker. Uh, Andrea Martin, SCTV and Club Paradise actress-comedian, was born on this day. Today is Ronnie Van Zant's birthday. Does that name ring a bell in rock and roll to you, Ronnie Van Zant? Yeah, he might have had something to do with music. American rock musician Leonard Skinner. He died in 1977. Skinner! Today is Maria Baeza's birthday. Spanish actress and comedian and a flamenco guitarist. Oh, you might know her as Charo. Coochie, coochie, coochie! Everybody that's below 30 years old have no idea what I just talked about. They have no idea what you're talking about. They have no idea who Charo is. And uh, today is Pitbull's birthday, American rapper, Fireball. I can't hear Fireball now without being reminded of the Carnival Cruise because <laughs> they played that song when they, you know, when you're eating in the uh, in the Lido deck, when you're eating your food, you know, you're eating breakfast, you know, the people who work on the ship want you to have a good time. And they come in there in the morning and they do a conga line to, to Fireball or whatever music playing just to make you have a good time, make you feel good. That's what I'll always have. You've been on a cruise, you know what I'm talking about. I do know. Today is National Bagel Day today. I like a good bagel. No, I, I don't mind bagels, but you know, between bagels, biscuits, and muffins, I like them in this order. I like bagels the least, muffins second, and biscuits first. They're all three bread type things, but that's just how I. That's just you how have I like a ranking system good. of your breakfast that's my bread. Breakfast bread. <laughs> yep, that's how I like them. That's exactly right. Today is National Hat Day. Oh, good. Well, we're we're both we're wearing equipped. caps, but caps are hats too, aren't right? they? Okay, most likely. Today is National Strawberry Ice Cream Day. Today. Nothing wrong with that. If anybody wants some strawberry ice cream, that's the day it is today. And today is National Use Your Gift Card Day today. Yes, a reminder that sometimes your gift cards expire. It's the third Saturday in January. Reminds Americans to use the one billion dollars in unused gift cards each year on the third Saturday of January. Take stock of the gift cards you received over the holidays, then make the most. Of each one before they are forgotten for good. I have never, I have never let a gift card run out and forgot I had it. I've got people that I know that get so many gift cards every year, either for from their job or what they do, and they just amass them for some reason. They're like, oh, man, I, I got a thing full of gift cards, and I just don't know what to I, I'm we like, have I've to be never had that problem. If they're not online gift cards, because if it's, let's say, a restaurant. Right. A lot of times we have to make a special point of carving out the time to go. And right. that's where you're trying to figure out, okay, we want to use it. When? When can you use it? That's right. So I don't mind getting gift cards because we will use them, but there are some that are easier than others. When you get, like, the online Visa, and like, oh, cool, I can just use this for an online purchase. Or an Amazon, love it. Well, once again, let's make ourselves feel really old here and turn, oh, good, on, turn on the television. I just and need to look across at you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Tune in. To, I'll be able to say that about you one day. When that is, well, I'll never know. Well, we're so close. But I'm like, it's like a ref- I won't know. I, with this takeout window, but, I'm like, uh, am I looking at a mirror? <laughs> is it just showing me my future? But when we turn on the old TV from 1982, what might we hear? Only Atari makes the world's most popular home video games. The only Space Invaders. The only Asteroids. 
The only Pac-Man. The only Missile Command. And now, the only Defender. And the only way you can play any of them is on a home video system made by Atari. Well, not today, but I played it a long time ago. That's, that's the heyday of Atari. Yes. Well, 1982 is when all of it just completely started well, to that, blow up, man. It was like crazy. We'll see what Great movie year. came out in 1982 that Atari sunk every bit of its fortune into. Uh, what was it? E.T. E.T. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And remember the E.T. game, the oh, game that yeah. sunk Atari? And it did sing it because I had the art. I had the ET game later. There was like, nothing Atari was going to do wrong until is, ET. This is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. And let's face it, Atari games were not and were not ever going to look as good as they did in the in the arcade. And I, as a kid, was mostly disappointed, especially with with most of them. You know, I went home and I'm like, a friend of mine's like, hey, I got an Atari. Come over and let's play. I'm like, oh, let's play Pac Man. I'm like. This is not how Pac-Man looks That's or sounds. Pac-Man. What is this? Now, after a while, you kind of excuse it and go, well, I, I do have a game at home, and I'm playing at home. It's not too bad. Asteroids, I could get used to it. You know, oh, the tank game, combat, mm-hmm. I, I like it. So, so it was what okay. What was that noise effect it from was... Pac-Man when they were eating the pellets? <laughs> I, I don't know. It was like almost like a Boeing dog bark. A, Boeing string, a, a spring Boeing mixed with a dog bark. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Played many hours. <laughs> oh, I did too, yeah. <laughs> Well, they made it different to fit on my TV screen. It's not as tall yeah, as the arcade screen. That's a good. That's a good way to think about it. <laughs> but I didn't have one at first. I had to go to a friend's house or a cousin's house to play it. And then when I find and see, I'm always behind because we weren't. My family didn't have city hands. We didn't count money all our lives, as Quint said. We didn't have that. My my mom and dad were working class folks, and then later on, when they got divorced, and it was just living with my mom and seeing my dad, you know, every other month or so. Mom was even worse, you know, because she was just one parent then. So, even when I got to play and got a hold of an Atari 2600, it was out of date because the 7800 and some of the other things in television and all the other things started coming out. So, I'm like, I'm always behind. And even now as an adult, you know, in my adult life, I'm still behind, but now it's by choice. It's by it's kind of I by choice. Elect to stay behind. It's by choice and by financial means too now because I can't afford to have the latest greatest iPhone when it comes out. I'll wait. Here's know, the thing about Atari that. though. Looking back, nostalgic. The games that were not arcade games because you had nothing to compare them to right. were so much more fun because of that. Like Yars Revenge, I can't tell you the number of ye- oh yeah that hours was fun. on Yars Revenge. Uh, Breakout loved Breakout. What was the game Warlords? We could play Warlords, four players. Yeah. And Warlords was an arcade game, but I didn't. But I never saw but it. it so I didn't have anything pretty to much the to. same because all it was was using your paddles, right? And you could hold the ball. And remember, you could like and fake hurl it out the and fireball at the, at the other guy. Yeah, loved fireball. Warlords. That was so much fun. So my brother and I, we played a lot, but it was like Space Invaders. Like oh, it doesn't look like the arcade. Right. Donkey Kong doesn't look like the no. arcade. Frogger. Not really. Asteroids was a little acceptable, but yeah, Pac-Man and some of the others, yeah. Frogger was terrible. Frogger looked awful. But, you know, Pitfall. Loved playing Pitfall. It was, yeah. That was was a fun game. Um... They were, and, and I understand they couldn't get the um, they could not get the technology of a big cabinet game into your home because they had a unit you know pretty small unit to try to shove all that in there. Right. The cabinet games are, could have huge computer boards in them, and they could have the better graphics. But yeah. Now but, the crazy thing is you can buy the joystick, the classic looking joystick with just yeah. about every game all in there. built into the base of the joystick. But imagine how far we've come from Pong. Oh yeah. To Medal of Honor. 
and graphics. Just, 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 just that. The just massive that. Massive world-building games where they say, "Guess what? If you don't want to even do the adventures, just go wander the, and you'll yeah. just randomly stumble and across have things. Fun. It's amazing." BK on the air. Game over, man. Game, Game over. We will return after these messages. Dragon's Lair, the fantasy adventure where you become a valiant knight on a quest to rescue the fair princess from the clutches of an evil dragon. You control the actions of a daring adventurer finding his way through the castle of a dark wizard who has infected it with treacherous monsters and obstacles. In the mysterious caverns below the castle, your odyssey continues against the awesome forces that oppose your efforts to reach the Dragon's Lair. Lead on, adventurer. Your quest awaits. Oh, 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 bright ideas and an Oreo cookie. It's a bright idea to dunk it or to crunch it or unscrew it or to lick it or to trick it. But no matter what you do, it's true. It's fun to munch a creamy, crunchy chocolate. O-R-E-O goes great with imagination. Puts the yum in your creation. Oreo and Oreo double stuffed cookies. It's okay if you don't understand what he's talking about. He probably doesn't either. It's BK on the Air on AM 1450 FM 100.3 and online using the TuneIn Radio app. Yes, BK on the Air, we're back here. I got a story here from Ann Schmidt from Fox Business. The reason I got into the Oreo cookie thing there, which I'm wondering how many people out there were singing along with it. I, I actually posted a, um, a commercial I, I, I threw in a commercial on the podcast because I like to throw the classic commercials in there when we turn this into a podcast. And I put the uh, the Tootsie Roll commercial in there. You know the one that goes, the world looks mighty good to me because Tootsie Rolls are all I see. It's like mm. a bunch of kids singing it. And I had like the biggest response to that going, we were singing along to that. I don't believe oh, wow. that. They should bring that jingle back. Well, when someone does a jingle for something and it sticks with you, that means they've done their job. Yeah. And uh, that Oreo cookie is one of them. Oreo releases a new flavor for its 110th birthday from Fox Jalapeno! <laughs> no, I hope not, but mm. leave it to Oreo. They'd find some way to make it taste good. Mm, the cookie brand, hot Oreos. The cookie brand owned by, yeah. <laughs> Habanero Oreo. Mm. Owned by the Mondelez International will reach its 110th anniversary on March the 6th this year. Wow. Ahead of the big day, Oreo is releasing a limited edition flavor, chocolate confetti cake Oreos. See, see to me, that's like, I don't think that would be bad. I would I would re- always go back it to the classic Oreo. <laughs> but I'd be willing to try that. I really would. According to the uh, Mandela's website, Oreo's newest cookie flavor will have rainbow sprinkles and the cream filling on the cookies themselves. The flavor has also two cream layers, the classic Oreo cream filling with sprinkles, plus a chocolate cake flavored cream as well. No, there's nothing wrong with what No, this there's nothing like. wrong with any of that. Everything can, sounds good. I can try that. And I was trying to look at, oh, how many are... My ideas were funnier, but this right. one tastes better. How many times was the word cream used in that sentence? Four. <laughs> in that one sentence there. The new Oreo flavor will hit store shelves this this month on the 30, uh, January 31st, which is uh, just coming up. But fans can already start pre-ordering the cookies now on Oreo.com. Quote, For over a century, Oreo has brought fun, playful experiences to fans, and we will continue to do just that as we celebrate our 110th birthday. Sidney Kranzman, Oreo's U.S. uh, brand manager, said in a statement. 
Our celebration is inspired by the magical birthday moment that spans generations and cultures. When you close your eyes, blow out the candles, and make a wish, unquote. Uh, they also say they're excited to celebrate 110 years of the milk uh uh, favorite cookie by encouraging fans to embrace this birthday magic no matter their age and to never stop wishing oreo will also be launching a sweepstakes on january the uh the today on the 15th where the brand will be granting a series of consumer wishes so check out oreo.com i'm sure they'll have a lot of details on what they're doing there. i don't know what that means because there's no other details on that so that's really cool and, i and delicious I think of all because yeah, we we talk a lot about when they come out with special limited edition or yeah. try something new. Oh, yeah. This is one of the first in recent memory that I'm like, okay, now that's a really good oh, idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm, a, I'm not the biggest chocolate fan, and I do love Oreo cookies, and if that's all there was to eat cookie-wise, it would be great. But I do am and always have been a fan of the golden Oreos, the ones that have the, oh, yeah, the, vanilla, the, the vanilla ones with the cream on the inside. And it's just more of a, a taste that I, that I prefer more than the others. Sunday, Monday. about it on this day in history earlier in the program today but this story comes from me tv by season three of happy days and i never knew this that's why i pulled this story out today by season three of happy days the show had found its footing and was becoming the smash hit that we remember it as today viewers tuned in each week to see richie potsy Joni, and fonzie especially fonzie yes fonzie mania had hit the airways i had tops uh happy days cards too by the way and stickers Henry Winkler in his cool leather jacket with his easily quotable catchphrases was TV gold. People couldn't get enough. The problem came when the network tried to lean a little too hard into the phenomena. Quote, we had done two seasons, Ron Howard said recently on Rob Lowe's podcast. Literally, Henry Winkler had exploded in the character and it was really the thing that had set in. It would take another year or two to really peak, but it was happening, unquote. However, it was not well with the Cunningham household. Quote, in the second season, Good Times with Jimmy J.J. Walker and his catchphrase, Dynamite, had started beating our show in the ratings, they say. Ron Howard starting to feel like a secondary character in his own show, and that's actually what happened in Good Times. Uh, Jimmy Walker surpassed you know john amos the guy who played his dad they're all getting kind of jealous at his stardom you know because he actually became he was did not start out as star of the show but wound up pretty much right. as the star of the show because he gained in popularity ron howard started to feel like a secondary character in his own show happy days but where he finally drew the line was when a new executive wanted to change the title of happy days to something a little more fonzie focused mm. the executive television executives aren't they a great group of people they, they, they had no creativity so on their own to be able to create their own they show, are, but now yeah. that they're an executive, they can tell you how to make your show better. <laughs> That's true. The executive thought that Fonzie, with his cool whoa, would beat J.J. on good times with his dynamite, but he wanted to go all the way. And, I thought his catchphrase, though, was A. Uh, yeah, one of, that was another one. Yeah, I thought it was more A. I thought that's what he was more known for than whoa. He wanted to go all Whatever. the way and call the show, change the show to call it Fonzie's Happy Days. I didn't have any idea that this was going on in the Ron background. Sauer, Ron Howard said, I declined to cooperate with that. <laughs> so Howard put his foot down, and the show stayed happy days, though Fonzie continued to be a large focus of the show. Still, Howard doesn't have any bad blood with Winkler. Quote, from day one, he was in, uh, inventing and owning that character, and they just said, hey, 
we know how to write for this guy, and they went for it, uh, Ron Howard said. It wa- he wasn't upset with Winkler, just the decisions by the executives. Quote, I was annoyed by the way higher-ups then dealt with me and responded to me, unquote. Mm-hmm. Really? Higher-ups and z- executives not getting along with actors and creative folks? D- when's that ever happened? Feels like that's a tale that oh. is as old as time. In fact, Winkler... You're not going to break into song, are you? No. In fact, Winkler and Howard remain friends to this day. And it is Beauty Hen- and the Beast, though. Henry, Henry Winkler is the grandfather to all four of Ron Howard's kids. Howard may have kept Fonzie out of the uh, title, but he certainly didn't keep him out of his life so but i also think winkler realized he may have become sort of like an iconic character right but it still was an ensemble show exactly and when you've got people that are like of a a like mind and they're friends and and even at that point they say no i don't want to do that this is that's ridiculous you know this guy's the star of the show don't do that this is and and it's them they're wanting to change the that that's truly humbling and a guy with a good personality that actually says something like that I mean, remember the time they came in and said, hey, why don't you just change the whole show in the morning to Alan Sanders for all the way up till noon, and I'm just the guy who sits in with you? Remember when they did that? And I said, I don't want to do that. You know, and you went to bat for me and said, no, no, VK gets his own show. This is crazy. That's not a good idea. He's have his own show. Yeah, we'll just split it up. Right. And make it uh, five hours of fun on Saturday morning, and that's what we did. So I appreciate that when you did that. 770-386-1450 Seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty is our number. Didn't realize I was accredited now that the creator of BK on the I air. I tell you that. No. I didn't, I'm not Ron Howard. Well, I wish I was Ron Howard. Howard. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's amazing. Ron Howard, I when I used to watch uh, reunions that they would do for the Andy Griffith show when he was Opie, mm-hmm. and then they'd have the reunions later when they were you know much older before most of them passed away. And uh, I think Andy Griffith, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, he goes, you know, little Ronnie Howard, when he was on the set, of the Andy Griffith show, he was always, you know, especially when he got a little older, he was hanging out with the crew, the directors and stuff. And like, was he making notes even way back then about wanting to be a director? Yeah, Probably it, was. We all learn a lot just through osmosis as a kid if we're interested in something. It can just start sticking for no reason. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure being a kid on a set, he was watching and just taking it in without realizing what he was learning. Exactly. And if you had to pick your favorite directed Ron Howard film right off the top of your head, I know you're putting you on the spot, what would it Apollo be? Apollo 13. That's mine, too. I think that was a shining moment was Apollo 13. There's, there's Great nothing movie. wrong with that film. Nothing. It's a near-perfect near movie. James Horner's score, the direction, the acting, the story. It it's all just, works. It's just fantastic. And those actors have more time in the Vomit Comet than most astronauts. Well, they did. I'd love to be in it. <laughs> Speaking on there, we'll be back. Houston, we have a problem. Tuesday, one look and Fonzie's hooked. I am in awe. But his dream girl has a little surprise on the season premiere of Happy Days. Then Shirley's getting married. But who's the mystery groom? It's the season premiere of Laverne and Shirley. It's Energize Spider-Man with Spider-Sense. Battery not included. Turn the Spider-Sense activator. Red Dragon appears to go into action. Attach the web climber. Flip the switch. And he climbs automatically. Energize Spider-Man. The motorized web. It pulls. It lifts. The Spider-Light to climb at night. The Spider-Copter sold separately with Spider-Sense panel. The power pack turns on the copter. We'll have to get the Red Dragon. Energize Spider-Man with Spider-Sense comes with communicator. Spider-Copter sold separately from Remco. W-E-H-F in Cartersville. 
his amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. It's Saturday morning, 1982, all over again. Okay, here, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yeah, mm. going back in time like we always do. You need to find, or I guess I could. I really missed the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon opening and just that because oh, wow. I was such a D and D nerd when I was a middle school. The whole idea of creating this fantasy character and going on these adventures, these Tolkien like adventures. Yeah. I never, funny. I never was, the, I never understood the parents were like they're worshiping the devil and they're going to go on real <laughs> well, adventures and kill real people. Yeah. Like, what are you talking they about? Say that about Harry Potter books too. No, I never understood that. And that was actually funny. You should bring that one up because I think that was one of the last animated cartoons on Saturday that I remember watching before I quit because I was getting that's 83 84 and I was getting to where I'm like oh, I don't want to watch cartoons anymore I'm a teenager I'm getting out of school now I'm, I'm a senior but I did actually watch that one and it's actually pretty well done I remember that one I mean was, they, they took some good. liberties but the fact yeah. is it was uh it was kind of cool to have a fantasy cartoon show it was it was fun Saturday morning has changed over so many years we don't really have a Saturday morning now well you still do you have a Saturday morning you listen to me every Saturday morning I try to <laughs> where your cartoon that, fill the void of no Saturday morning cartoons. Well, I mean, once you have a, a, a network that has cartoons all the time, I guess playing them on Saturday morning isn't as special anymore. Although I wish that uh, channels like Antenna TV or um, Retro TV or even Me TV or even TV Land. TV Land's changed so much now. I don't think I don't remember the last time I watched TV Land. But uh, I wish that one of them would go. Okay, let's go back and just do a Saturday morning like it used to be, and show mm-hmm. Saturday morning cartoons. I don't know whether there's any profit in it for them because they've got to be able to do it and make money and sell advertising. But that'd be nice to see a Saturday morning return to one of these retro channels. I do have a cool story here. We talked about the Nightmare on Elm Street house, which was up for sale, I guess, a couple of months ago. We we did a news flash about it or a, or a story about it. Well, I got this story. The Los Angeles home made famous by the 1984 film slasher film A Nightmare on Elm Street sold for almost $3 million. Not a bad return on your investment. And it came uh, with uh, a guest house. The house which served as protagonist Nancy Thompson's home in exterior shots of the Wes Craven horror classic sold for $2.8 million after being listed for $3.5 million shortly before Halloween. Maybe that's when we talked about it. It was the Halloween show so. or, the, or, the, or, the, or one of my shows before Halloween we talked about that. Um, I remember talking about it because there were multiple... Oh, yeah, because for uh, sale. the yeah. stories... The, the movies that made us, I told you, season three did it a special on Nightmare on Elm Street and how they had multiple endings shot because they didn't know which way they were going to go right. for the movie. Now, the listing said the home terrified, uh, terrorized by Freddy Krueger had its interior redesigned for the, in the mid-2000s before being sold in 2013 to, director, uh, to a director, uh, Laureen Scafaria. The listing included a guest house, which itself was made famous by comedian Bo Burnham, who filmed his pandemic-themed special inside in the domicile uh, of the plan. So I thought that was interesting. So, yeah, if you want to... I don't know if I'd want to own a piece of movie history like a house or something like that because people, you know, coming by and looking at it. I mean, I felt I felt kind of guilty when I went out to California in 2017. I went over through Los Angeles and I went down to the cul-de-sac of this of this 
subdivision where the Brady Bunch house is for exteriors of the Brady Bunch house. I'm like, I know, okay, I'm here. I'm the I'm I'm the I'm the tourist out here on the sidewalk taking photos of the house. And this was long before the big HGTV redesign they did of it not too long ago. This was back when it was just uh, the occasional person would go by and check it out. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. So, uh, I mean, even people uh, that owned the house that uh, Mr. White lived in in um, Breaking Bad, Brian Cranston. There's always that throw scene. A throw a pizza up there. On the, <laughs> Stop throwing pizza boxes on the roof. Now, I would be the guy that would not do that. I'm not the kind of fan. I don't want to set fandom back 200 years. I'm not that type of person to do that. I'm not going to hound people. Even if I'm sitting in a restaurant, you and I are just not the, the type. You know, if we're sitting in a restaurant and we have to, If you and I were sitting in a restaurant here in Cartersville and for some reason we're eating, let's say, let's say we're eating at uh, Ross's Diner or whatever, we're just hanging out, and, and all of a sudden we look over and on the other side we see... Harrison Ford, William Shatner, and Kenneth Branagh sitting there just eating dinner. We're like, oh, I must be in town to film a movie. With those three guys in it, I'd go see it. It'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but the last thing you and I would do would go over and hound them during their meal and right. bother the heck out of them. Because just, we just don't do that. I don't. It's just not in our I feel makeup like, to do that. You I know? feel like it's such an intrusion on them. <laughs> I know. As and much I as I want to speak with them, you know, but they, there a lot of them, a lot of actors are cool and they're like, oh, hey, sure, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, there's a time and a place. If you're in the middle of a bite of food, you're like, hey, can I take a picture with you? Can right. I take a picture? Right. Can you get right to your favorite, right. to no. my favorite fan? Like, no, no, stop it. Don't do that. Well, I wanted to do this uh, on my first show of the new year, but I didn't. I, I, it's, a, it's a leftover. It's like a leftover from the holidays. I want to play. This is a quiz for you, but you don't have to really know anything. This is just kind of something fun. I printed out a list of, and this is called Things Removed from Body Orifices in 2021. <laughs> wait a minute. And no, here's how we're going to do this. Do we this. need to go with FCC review? No, no here's how I'm going to do it. There's, you know, where the body orifices are. Now, you have a choice. What's you an ha- orifice? You have here. <laughs> it's where people live I, in, I don't work work in, in a cubicle. <laughs> you have a choice of ear, nose, throat, or other area. Okay, we'll that's just go your, other. That's your, that's your four choices. Okay. I'm going to name an object, and you tell me where medical professionals had to remove this object from which orifice. You, Ears, you get nose, to guess the place. Or I'm other. just going to give you the object. Okay, first, mood ring. Some people don't know what mood rings are that are young listening to this program. Little okay. rings that change I'm color with your mood. Going to suggest nose. Going to suggest nose. No, it's the throat. Oh, really? Yeah, what someone are you actually doing? got How that lodged in the throat. I have I no idea. I figured you'd ha- you know, maybe you'd get some kid picking his nose uh, and the ring <laughs> right. got stuck up there. Here's 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 one. And some of these are tricky. You might think it's one and it's the other. Rubber snake. Other. No nose. <laughs> what? Someone stuck a rubber snake in their nose and had it removed by an emergency room in 2021. Couldn't they this just is the yank official it? report, by the way. I don't know. How small was that rubber snake? Uh, here's here's another one. A Christmas light bulb. Not they don't say the size of the light bulb. I don't know what kind it was, whether it was red or green or whatever. <laughs> Seems like a clear. fun evening. Christmas light bulb. Uh, ear. Ear. You're right on that one. That one was in someone's ear. Can you believe that? <clears throat> okay. Magnifying glass. Magnifying so, that's glass. not funny. It's not funny at all. It is. I have it to is go funny. once again with other. No, not other. Magnifying glass. Throat. Someone had it lodged in their throat, believe well, it or not. Open up that's wide. Amazing. I can't see without. Oh, I amazing. dropped it. You dropped a magnifying <laughs> right. glass? Right. It was real small. It was from my Barbie set. Oh, boy. The number eight button from a TV remote. 
and they're very specific, the number eight button from a TV remote. What orifice did they find nose. that in medical professions in, in 2021? You're correct, the nose. That was up someone's nose, and I have no idea why. How? I want the story. <laughs> I need details. <laughs> Noodles. And that's all it says. Noodles. There's no explanation nose. of what kind. Uh, the ear. That one was removed from someone's ear. Noodles. And it's plural. Noodles. <laughs> Let's put some of these noodles in our ear. See how it feels. By the way, in your throat, here's a sample of the throat section, which is always dominated by children. This is the reports of some of them. Quote, inhaled a sewing needle in a plastic tube with a string attached when using it as a blow dart. That's a quote from someone. I could see some kid doing okay. that. Here's another one. Probably a male. Quote, per mom, she was looking for her car remote and said, and said out loud, where is the battery that goes there? Child replied, I ate it. <laughs> it's another throat one. Yeah, for kids. Mm. Which it's- would immediately make me panic, I guess. Talk about panicking. Here's another one from kids. Swallowed a penny because she said she is a human piggy bank. <laughs> That's why she did it. Makes total sense, yeah. A few quotes from the uh, the kids dokey. section for throat. All right, here's another item. I'm scanning up and down at all of them. Like, which one do I? Which one do Just I? Just to say? be sure or safe. Uh, puzzle pieces, plural. Puzzle pieces of a puzzle. Maybe more than one. Uh, no, that'd be other area. Other. Yeah. Wonder what he was trying to solve. Okay, I don't know. I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> Who says it's a guy? <laughs> Head of an action figure. They don't say which action figure it was. That I would be more interested in that. But head of an action figure, where where was that one removed from in 2021? I can imagine other, but I'm going to go other. Okay, you're right. <laughs> you're exactly right on that one. Where's your head? Hey, <laughs> hey, a rock from a fish tank aquarium. Nose. Nose. You're right on that one. A rolling pin. Like what they they bake with, you know, that you get hit with when you come in too late. It's got to be other. Other area. Okay. So, uh, yeah. The annual list of foreign objects that require medical intervention to remove from human bodies came out at the, uh, the, actually, this came out at the 1st of January. I just didn't print it out until here. Wow. Isn't that that amazing? Some of them I just kind of go, a what? and And I start to imagine how would I even, and I'm like, I can't, and it doesn't mean it means every orifice that I'm talking about. I just don't see how how I could do that. I'm just reminded of like a lot of the science fiction things that go. They live among us. <laughs> they're, it they're could also out there. Apl- it could also really? apply to these people. They Are live they among really us. Out there? I just can't. I can't get some of these things. The rolling pin kills me. <laughs> well, I, again, they're not all created equal. So uh, there you go. I just wanted to end the show on a on a nice, weird, strange, goofy note. It works. <laughs> and I did. And you actually got some of them right, which is kind of cool. Speak so out there. Says I'm, about me. I'm glad everybody's out there. Uh, look out for the podcast Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and YouTube. We turned it into a podcast. Speak out there. We'll see everybody next week. Everybody quiet down now and get some sleep. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, John Boy. <laughs>